cost drifted alarmingly in the betting was, you know, fancy in the morning continued to drift. It was late on the on the exchanges to, to lose. It was something you'd see in a, in a Dick Francis novel, Charles Bottoms. And a very warm welcome to the Bar Stewards Inquiry Sunday Sermon. My name's Lee Keys of SystemBet.co.uk and with me, chewing the fat as always, John Lang of John Joe's Blogspot. Good evening, John. Good evening, Lee. On this Sabbath. And joining me again is Lorne Malvo from Twitter, a good, good colleague of mine. Chris, how are you doing? Very well, thank you. Yourselves? Yeah, not bad at all. Um, it's been a been a been a brilliant weekend of horse racing action that only the BHA could ruin. Um, <laughs> it's not all the BHA's fault this weekend, of course, yeah. and this week. But there's certainly some issues in this this podcast that we're going to touch on uh, in a moment. But before we do, uh, myself and John are going to take a look back at yesterday's racing. And, um, John, it was a certainly interesting fair yesterday. Certainly was. Um, I think the uh, the two-year-old picture is a wee bit clearer. Yeah. Um, and uh, I thought the art card played out quite nicely as well, considering the, the uh, state art otherwise of the ground. Which, well, we'll, which, we'll, come on to, which we'll come on to that in a bit, yeah. Yeah, so, um, yeah. I mean, I mean, what? Right. So let let's let's. We've got a couple of questions on on yesterday, and um, Carl Swanson's message and says, "Who do you see as the better Guineas prospect? Is it Caribus or Native Trail John?" Oh, well, Caribus chopped my ass off, walked around the front, and then handed it to me yesterday. Yeah, yep. basically because. Uh, there's no way on earth I would have even been considering running him in that. And he put up a tremendous effort. Um, yeah. To do that, after looking to really empty out up the hill, he must have a terrific constitution. I mean, he's a bloody big horse and all the rest of his date body and everything. Um, but I've seen horses like that before I go through a two-year-old season unbeaten and making the guineas asses. The fact that he's bounced back from what looked a proper thumping to me when he was he was empty, he, he, he could be a hell of a horse. You know, I mean, he, he, he's not one I'd care to oppose next time, put it that way, the way he did that. No, I mean, I mean for me, I'm, I'm sort of opposite view to, to quite a few. Like Davis uh, wasn't impressed with Native Trail. He says... He says basically that horse could struggle in a big field guineas. Um, my own view is that I think Native Trail is still superior. Um, the the time for me as well sort of suggests that. Uh, One twenty four and four for the Dewhurst, and that was sort of like uh, was the third, nearly nearly fourteen seconds quicker um than obviously an extra furlong well you, you wouldn't be running an extra furlong in the Dewhurst in 14 seconds so native trail certainly superior on the clock um i wasn't surprised he come off it either because i think he's ready for a mile now if you watch leopardstown with Na- native trail um you'll see also two furlongs out he looks an unlikely winner 
Yeah, it wasn't instant, was it? Sorry, sorry, not Leprechaun, the Curra. Um, it wasn't an instant pickup. Now, I get Davis, you know, says he, he thinks that could that could put him in trouble. Um, and again, he's obviously coming off it, and um, I'm not so sure. I think I think as long as the Guineas is is well run, which they usually are, I I, I think I think that'll uh, uh, sort of improve. Yeah, so I'm a big Native Trail fan, despite some reservations on Twitter, because obviously Caribus look the more impressive. I think the good thing about Native Trail as well, I think. The second horse confirmed our high opinion of him that we are going into York. Yes. I think he picked a, a pretty good horse up there, up, coming out the dip. Yes. Yes. I don't think I don't think he went past the sparrow there. He, he he went past something with pretensions to being a bit of an eagle. So. No, because you'd say the third's run his race. Yeah. Um. So with with the third running his race, um. And that's got an official rating of 112. You'd, you'd safely say that that's looking native trails race is looking close to possibly 118 form. Uh, that kind that that kind of mark. You're looking at damn near a guinea's winning rating, aren't you? Already. Yes. Yes. My opinion hasn't changed really, and I, I kind of expected him to come off it uh, coming into the dip because as well he, he had nowhere to go as well. He he was trying to he was waiting basically for the. Hugo Palmos to quicken in front of him. Then Hugo's quickened, Dubawi legend, and then he had to sort of just just play catch up for a few strides. And so I'm not as concerned, say uh, Nick or a few others on Twitter that that say that Native Trail, um, you know, it'd be in trouble in a guineas. So yeah, that's that's my take on that. Anything else to your eye yesterday going forwards? Um, I was pleased me me third best bet of the day. What? <laughs> Well, what, um, well, yeah. I mean, we, we had a bit of conflab before that race, didn't we? Where we did. I said to you, we can hand his license in if this doesn't win. I mean, they were clearly all over it. I mean, it got back into 15 to 8. And uh, I thought it did it rather well, actually. I think it, it's probably give him a glimmer of hope for next season. Yeah. And he might actually have a runner in a decent race somewhere. Yeah. Um. I mean... Yeah, I mean, I, I I think you called it right. Obviously, you were going head to head with Davis uh, on Baybridge, and and I think I think you come out shining on that one because I thought it was a cosy win as well. I, I thought he did very well, John. You don't you agree, don't you, with that? Uh, did, I think he did it quite nicely. I think Platinum Card probably ran about hundred and one. I I gave him hundred and eleven for yesterday. I think I think yeah. he's. I think he's as good as that. Yeah. Well, like I said, we were surprised by the placing, given that he could have probably turned up anywhere at Newmarket over the last sort of two weeks in any sort of uh, either more valuable handicap or or even a stakes contest. I was, so, I was surprised he hadn't roughed him off, to be honest. Or that, yeah. Or that, yeah. Um, so, but one to look forward to, I think, next year, John. So, a good call there. Um, just one more question regarding tomorrow, and it's sort of related from Jack JCC Punter on Twitter. Uh, look, he's worth a follow, is Jack? He, he talks a lot of sense on racing, and um, he said the kill on the face of it in Royal Patronage has one of the best two year olds in training with some of the most solid form around in the book, providing he trains on. Um, he's got to be a genuine classic contender, or will Johnston find a way to Johnston it, John? 
<laughs> well, if you're looking for anybody to Johnston a house, Johnston's your good starting point, isn't it? <laughs> um, I think the, the danger with this one is if it is a good horse, and I mean, let's be fair, it looks all right, doesn't it? Um, it's probably going to show him something in the spring, and chances are he'll think, my God, this is fast enough for the guineas, this. So then he'll probably think, I might just need to have a little prep run here and we could end up turning up in the Craven. I wouldn't be at all surprised to see him win a Craven because he'd go from the front. And chances are they're all playing jockeys and trying to look after everything. So then Johnson thinks, well, he's a Craven winner. I've got to go to the Guineas. Then, of course, they swamp him in the Guineas. They, they go past him just at the bottom of the dip. And he finishes about fifth and Johnson says, well, he needs further now, doesn't he? That's plain to say. And straight away, we're heading to Sandown and Whitbread Day, aren't we? What, what, what would you do with him, John? Uh, I, I, would you go field and Dante Derby or would you go Dante Derby? What would you do? He's had enough seasoning now to go to the Derby off one trail. I'd go to the Dante and that'd be it. Yeah. So he'd just be straight straight to York, then Epsom. Yeah, he's had enough. He's had enough racing. To... But we but we can't put it past the kilt to have run four times. <laughs> if that horse turns up at Epsom, I think there'll be a minimum of four runs on the clock already next year. I think that's it. I think you know, if he wasn't trained by Johnston, I would I would be genuinely excited about this horse. Really excited. Yeah. I, I'd I'd be I'd be all over it for for you know for the you know for Epsom really and for for the you know I think I think he's I think he's got a proper horse, but there's something about Johnston that just manages to Johnston them, um, like you said, John. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so yeah, I hope that answers your question, Jack, and, and puts you as clear as mud, like we are, uh, in following Mark Johnston runners. We only tend to back Mark Johnston at Beverly and Newmarket with easy leads. Um, <laughs> That's about it, isn't it? You know, the occasional ripping one. Yeah. Yeah. So we. we... Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's all he's good for. Uh, Chris, anything from your end on Saturday that you you took your eye? I. I would agree with your comments regarding Native Trail because it seems what what I hear is that Michael Hills, who rides uh, the second of Palmer's uh, and Native Trail went by that like it was standing still, genuinely thinks that's a it's a genuine Group One horse. So to do what Native Trail did, I think is very impressive, and I echo all those comments. Yeah, good stuff. So so we're we're Native Trail fans in the Bar Stewards uh, camp. We're not unwavered. For the guineas next year, Coribus. Um, I mean, I think Nick Luck talks about the uh, the Kentucky Derby for Coribus. I think think that was meant. Sick. <laughs> yeah, well, there you go. That's what you get for listening to Nick Luck. Um, right, we're going to move on to the uh, next part of the show, which is obviously discussing the talking points, and it's all about the Great British BHA mess um, that uh, that we seem to be. It's like it's like it's like a. Uh, it's like an ever decreasing, it's a revolving circle. You, you you start at one point and then you think, ah, this isn't too bad. And then it comes back to the old point where you where you started from, and that's typical of the BHA. And lots of things coming up this week. Um, I mean, I don't know what this is all about, but Newmarket on Saturday were refusing cash payments to get in, chaps. I mean, Chris, what what's your view? On a race course in this day and age, refusing cash payments to get in a, a course. Well, it, it's sort of I'm trying to be charitable. I, I'm trying to rack my brains to try and work out 
why that would be, but it does strike me as being nothing short of insane in the current climate where, you know, there's a whole push to, to get people through the door and attract new followers to the sport. And they turn up with pound notes and so you can't come in. That's to be contactless payments. So uh, you have to wonder, uh, well, you don't have to wonder, you surely must wonder at the competence of the people running the race courses. I, I just don't, don't get why that would be the case. So for me, it's mad. Absolutely well, mad. Well, I mean, John, I mean, surely this is, you know, you've got other races. We have a bit of cash in your pocket in case you want to visit the bookmakers. This is mo- this is a lot of race goers. Anyway, the, the, you know, the, the, they'll visit the bookies and, and they'll want to, you know, like take some cash off the bookies, John. They're just blithering fucking idiots, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> That's the there's no sense, no reason, or anything to this, is that there's the shops, the length and breadth of Newmarket High Street taking cash. Yeah. You walk to the race course, your cash is no good here. You know, I mean, piss off. <laughs> you know, just piss off. Yeah. It's getting to the stage now where you, you, everything that seems to happen in racing, and I think you made a point, John, yesterday on Twitter. You, you saw, oh, it was the other day, and you said, basically, it's as if no one gives a damn. <laughs> They're running it like no one gives an absolute damn about anything. Don't. They're literally a meandering on, and nobody gives a flying fuck about it. <laughs> well, I think we, we touched on it a few weeks ago, where, where I said that I'm not convinced that the people that, that run the sport, and that's just, not just the BHA, but the people that run race courses, actually believe they are putting on or part of top-level elite sport. I, I, because if, if, and it'll obviously touch on other subjects we'll discuss today, you know, they seem to be running like a cross between a point-to-point and a gymkhana. It's sort of top-level sport, but not really. So it doesn't matter whether the races go off on time or, or, or we call the right results on photo finishes. You know, I don't get the sense that they really believe that, that horse racing is elite sport. Because if they did, you wouldn't have half the problems we got now. And I, I, think, that's, I think that's probably... I'll tell you what it is as well, Chris. It's because not one of these pricks has been on performance-related pay at any point in their lives. And they don't measure the outcomes of the, like, as you said, with the Shergar Cup. Nothing's no. measured, or at least nothing's no. pub. No, no metrics of 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 or, or performance indicators are ever published. So, so you yeah. don't know what what yeah. what the what the bar is. Yeah, the only thing you can guarantee after a BHA initiative is somebody's cock's going to get sucked. <laughs> right job. That, that's the performance indicator. You've nailed it. That's uh. it. It, it is bizarre. It, you know, I, I don't get the sense that anybody really believes it's elite sport. It, it's just run as, as a, a county show or a Jim Carner or or a point to point. You know, we'll try our best. But if it doesn't work out, well, what do you expect? It's a day at the races, isn't it? Yeah. The, the prevailing attitude is that the entire industry is there to provide employment for people from good families they yep. were too thick to all down a job in the city, and that's top and bottom of it. Yep. Yeah, fairly accurate. I mean, before we move on to our next BHA debacle, um, or race course debacle, or whatever, um, just want to clarify, John, that you had a point to make about York's ground. 
Yeah. And um, and you make a very good point. I'll I'll let you I'll let you start your point. Right. Well, it's, it it goes over the two days really. It was uh, officially soft ground on Friday. Yeah. And, which I felt the times backed up really. Um, and then we get to Saturday and. I think it's Miss Moore's head that's in charge of the going forecasts and reports, isn't it, now, rather than William Darby? Yeah. Um, yeah. She gave a, an update that it was now good to soft. Yet Saturday's times were considerably worse than Friday's times. It's, it, is a fair, it is a fair point. So on better ground, mind you, I mean, a stick rating of five-point summit is heavy ground at York anyway. Now digress, you know. I mean, that's making a forecast sound cobblers anyway. But when you look at those times, I mean, if if, if that was good to soft, well, I'm I'm gonna have a three-way with Mother Teresa and Cliff Richard. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a mental image that is. One for Jim. Well, one, one for Jim that on Twitter. Um, <laughs> Um, the only thing I could offer a plausible excuse for that is the fact that possibly if there's a, it was quite um, a nice day on Saturday, but also like it's this time of year, it's a little bit chilly in the morning, perhaps. Wonder if they got a big heavy dew, and because the ground was opened up Friday, the dew has got in. You know, but I mean, would that make like you said? I mean, the times are just astronomically slower. Than, than the day before, despite a quicker going description. Yeah. Hmm. You're talking a very heavy year, weren't you? You know, I mean, you're talking. Well, I can, I can you're confirm. Talking, you're talking yeah. the start of Joe that Moses was part in the Red Sea for. We had, we had no overnight rain in York. I can, I can 100% confirm that. Exactly. Well, so, I mean, she, she's obviously can't read the grounds in growth, you know, and but, the times basically said bollocks to you, aren't they? Yeah. But, but this sort of feedback, no, nobody ever brings it up, do they? So on, yeah. on they brown. The yeah. don't say, oh, guess what? How can you give that good, good to soft when the times don't back that up? No one yeah. says that. No one brings them to the task. And now you've got a shit farm book for Saturday. Yeah. Yeah. You know, no, I mean, I'd, be inter- I'd be interested to see uh, some time gurus. Any time gurus listening? What did you make to the uh, to the ground Saturday? How would you calculate your times uh, based on good to soft ground on Saturday, uh, or to compared to softer ground on Friday? We've had the times. Um, get it, get in touch. Get it. We, we, we love we love people getting in touch. Uh, edu- educate the bar stewards. Well, I, uh, just, I just put a note on every race when I went through making my notes and doing my ratings. I just put ground was shit. It's <laughs> <laughs> shit ground. I mean, I mean that that's as good as it gets, really. Yeah, I, yeah, it's a good explanation as it gets. Okay, I, I think I, in these days of overwatering, I think we we could add a, a going description and, and just loosely term it shit ground. Yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, we. We often say, John, don't we, about York? It, it it's a fun, it can be a funny track when that when that ground goes. It, it's, it's it's some weird results. Also, seem to get beat by furlongs. Yeah. It, it's it's mad as fuck when it's wet. I mean, 
Danzig's used to cut through it when it was really, really wet. You yeah. know, you, you can back a Danzig on it. I mean, mental. Yeah. Uh, the name's my where Dick where, Graham Cunningham loves that word, uh, but. Uh, us in York, it's it's York race course. It's not the names my everyone on racing TV needs telling that. Um, anyway, right, we move on to uh, more uh, fun and games that we've had this week, and uh, certainly some belly aching from certain quarters uh, across the, the the realms of Twitter. Uh, we're moaning about the Chepstow camera angles. We did touch upon it on Friday, um, but having witnessed it myself Saturday properly. As 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 you know, when you back a horse and, and it's a shit horse, and and it's it's out the back of the telly, and you're thinking, well, what's this doing? Is it jumping? What what's it doing? And they've literally scrolled into the front two from about three out. You can't even see the third, like the what the sort of eight lengths further back. And you look, you got no perspective of anything finishing. There's punters obviously that play in other sorts of markets like match bets. It's as if. It's as if, like, and yet again, the punter is just completely. Yep. For for who who are we who are we televising this for? You yep. know, the, the people that bet on the sport want to see where their either their match bet is, uh, where their owners, in fact, that might be sat at home, obviously not gone to Chepstow Saturday, and because they know their horse probably needs a run or whatever, they want to see their horse straight. Is it coming home nice? No chance. From three out, you won't get to see anything other than the front two, or the, or you know, luckily if you get the, the third. And it was it was horrendous. And and I'm not going to blame Chepstow Racecourse because somebody put me right today on Twitter saying it's at the races as, as coverage decision. Well, at the races need I'll I'll, I'll be like John, I'm fucking for for this for this coverage. It's it's a disgrace and it, it's a, another stab in the eye for the punter, John. Somewhere, somewhere, there'll be some piss-pot producer who works for At The Races constructing his own award for this as we speak. <laughs> yeah. You know, he'll, he'll be just getting his name put on the plaque, ready to award himself something. And he'll probably give himself a nosh while he's at it. <laughs> you know, these driving out racing, in mm. all honesty. I mean, they, they, this is just getting stupid, you know I mean? How, how can you have a bet and then your ass just disappears out of shot after the jump to a couple and that's it? You could be doing anything, yeah. you know? It's, I mean, it, I never saw my horse that I bet. I bet Grumpy Charlie, uh, which obviously well beaten, uh, tailed off last. But I, I, I didn't see my horse jump any on the replays, anything. I, I don't know if it jumped the last four. So I can't put in my notes. Um, you know, well, it's, it's blasted through last two or three or jockeys right off because they had never panned out at any point, just, just to give you a bit of perspective. And, and I think it's such bad camera work, real, real bad camera work. It's the kind of stuff it to be like if you did it in football, you'd, you'd be scrolling in on the, on the player and the ball and you just wouldn't get any perspective of, of what else is happening in the game. Who's, who's running off the ball, who's. It's it's just awful, um, and at the races really need to get a grip on this. And do you know what's annoyed me that that it should be talked about this. This should be one of the key talking points. That, yeah, at the races really should get a grip and sort this out. Ditch it, ditch ditch the car, crash the car, uh, <laughs> smash smash. Get Oshin to drive it on a Friday night yeah, and and, and, and smash smash it into a wall. Um, I, 
Neil uh, Newhorse on on Twitter says, anyone else think the speakers in the stands are woefully rubbished? Uh, Woefully rubbished, so muffled. And I can't hear the commentary. uh, It's poor for a premium race course. Um, I would say they, they might have got like, some Goodman speakers at Chepster, you know. Yeah. Remember your Goodmans, Goodman. Minus tone or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's typical, really, of uh, of, of the like you say. I hate the I hate the false hooves and the false uh, crowd well, noises. The eruption, mate. Yeah, yeah. It's it's... Too, I think it's too loud if I can hear it. <laughs> I mean, I must have... sell commentary in the betting shop, wouldn't it? Where you could barely hear a crackling. Uh, commentary, yeah, I, I go with that. Most of those speakers are rubbish, aren't they? But again, it's not premium sport because if it was, you'd have a proper PA system, wouldn't you? Indeed, 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 you would. Exactly, exactly, yeah. exactly that. I mean, this is what it's all about. And I mean, I'll come on to further on that, uh, Chris. And, in, and in Gilday, when, when we go to York pre racing and that bloody carry on they have from the parade ring where they have a couple of assholes from the Yorkshire press on. And half a dozen Dixons, if, if available. <laughs> Three viewing the fucking car. Dear God, I'll make it. And there's no escape from it, is there? You need headphones. Six Dixons. <laughs> I mean, Christ. Yeah, Lee Dixon, Barbara Dixon. Matt. <laughs> Dr. <Dixon>. Green, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Nixon, the farmer magician, because oh, yeah. somebody yeah. made a tape off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Nixon, that was him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you go to a race course th- uh, these days, you might get Dixon. You might. Right, next subject that I'm going to bring up is, is uh, two two nice characters um, in in the Wayne Room and in racing, um, Oshie Murphy. Uh, any any sort of feedback from you guys on on what was said? I enjoyed Kevin Blake actually uh, on um, on on the opening show. I did feel at least at least he he got stuck stuck in a little bit. Blake, he was probably as harsh as his position allowed him to be. Yeah, yeah. I felt. Um, I think we can afford to be a fair bit harsher tonight. Oh yes. I mean, I mean, well, the 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 rumours are, the eyewitness reports are, that uh, a bloodstock agent. I'm not going to name names, uh, but basically, this bloodstock agent mind his own business, and O'Sheen had completely uh, gone gaga, and um, uh, basically, randomly, just glassed him in the face with a with a plastic glass. Um, it, I think I think it cut him. Um, and he, apparently Oshin was rabid, absolutely all over the place. And and it all kicked off, as, as you'd expect. Yeah. Uh, the Bloodstock agent refused to take Oshin's apology yeah. um, and said, no, you're, you're a fucking arsehole. Um, and and, it, it sort of, and that's, that's how it ended up. And then... Um, and a nice night was had by all. <laughs> yeah. And as I said, I mean... I, look, I mean, I, the, we're all human beings, and we all we all mess up. But as as I think Kevin Blake said, you know, this is now. There's only been 16 offences yeah. since the the measures were introduced, and Oshin's now got two of those 16, and this is a 26 year old champion yeah. jockey. 
I don't think I've ever glassed anyone, though. You know, I know people say, oh, well, you know, he's not a young lad, you know. No. Uh, people are so tolerant. He's a, he's a man. He's a grown man, you know. Christ, I don't know what you do at 26, but you're, you're grafting, you've got a job, you've got responsibilities. This is not a kid. This is not some teenager like um, your man Benoit de la Sayette, whatever his name was. You know, this is a, this is a man. And I, I don't know. He's obviously got a few issues, hasn't he? Well, I think I think I think Paolo Di Canio once once when he was describing his Sunderland players, um, and he 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 went into a tirade um, about he goes if if they're twenty he says um, he, he says I understand they go to clubs they they make mistakes he says at thirty he says the brain's gone wrong yeah. <laughs> the brain's right. wired I mean, wrong in any other environment without being unkind and I'm not advocating he'd get a fucking good idea wouldn't he he's very very lucky. Yeah, that, that someone hasn't absolutely kicked his head in, because you know whether that's good fortune or whether he's got people around him. But you go to any provincial nightclub and, and attempt to glass someone, you're going to be pretty lucky not to get your head kicked in. So yeah. I just don't understand. You know, this is a champion jockey, a man with the world at his feet, and obviously untold riches. He's clearly got some serious character flaws. Well, let, let's hope that um, Monsieur Terry, Terry Norman. Um, O'Sheen's agent um, yeah. really does get hold of, of O'Sheen and I know Ter- Terry doesn't stand for no shit um, and, and I'm, I'm sure Terry will be all spoken to O'Sheen but I think the lad needs to take some advice and, and kick the booze in the head John what do you think? Top jockeys have done this for long enough yeah I mean yeah. the thing is now there's breathalysers yeah. and the point being that they know there's breathalysers. Now, we had a ride boat on Friday in a Group 1 race. Yeah. We'd ridden that really twice. Nobody else had been on it on a race course. They were left casting around for a jockey because he couldn't go without a drink the night before the race. That's but it's not just a drink, though. See, if those, if those rumours or, or that... Um, description of events is true that that's just not a, a you know a couple of harvey's bristol creams and early to bed that sounds like a an absolute session doesn't it i mean that's there's a world away from having a few drinks and, and going bolo i don't know well, I, 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 put, I put it to you that he shouldn't have even had a glass of wine with his mail no. the night before it's a group one race the next day he's getting paid an enormous amount of money it's it's it yeah. all goes to the heart of is this a is is this elite sport, right? All right, football. Forget footballers because they're a different breed. But yeah, could you imagine? I don't know, a top fifty tennis player going on the piss the night before these days. We're not talking about the days of McEnroe and Carolitas. Yeah. Could you imagine that? Because I couldn't. Yeah. You know, because they're elite athletes, and that's what we're being told by the press that these are all elite athletes. Well, I'm not sure that's true. That's no, not. Hmm. Which then brings me to uh, the second part of our uh, wonderful characters. Uh, obviously, uh, Sheikh Mojon. Did the O'Sheen uh, debacle just uh, stop the, stop more publicity regarding uh, Sheikh more Sheikh Mo revelations this week? I don't think it stopped it because I don't think there's any danger of anybody in the racing media actually tackling this shit out full on, is it? No. You know, I mean, he's a Roman, isn't he? Appears that way. I mean, obviously, you're the ruler of Dubai, so basically, you've got certain privileges, but hacking your wife's phone and, um, 
it's uh it, it's the initial process hasn't he you know, absolutely absolutely um and he doesn't give a flying fuck and i'll be very interested to see whether grady betty gives a flying fuck the next time he offers up a yearling tower for now <laughs> well well if it's if it's a javawa you know if it's, you know yeah 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 i mean this is it isn't it yeah you know i mean i'm fussy about who i go racing with i think i'm probably fussier than her yeah no, I mean it, it's it's. And I go racing with some eight bastards. It, <laughs> the the ginger at the one of them. Um, yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> we all know some wrongmans, but but yeah, I mean this is a this is a a real interesting quandary for the media. Again, we're getting all the usual suspects that usually have got a lot to say on certain subjects. Very very quiet. Um, on this one and this is what we're here to do and you know and, and call things out and obviously um shake mo is a complete complete and utterly wrong wrong one, like you say and how many golf states have you ruled that's what i want to know <laughs> exactly that i, I mean what do you know about uh running but, despotic but, tyrannical regime i mean there'll be some here that won't poke the bear because i mean right. that, that that's 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 what it's all about that's what life's about you know, you you can't you can't poke the bear when you get you're getting paid off somebody that you know. And so because Trump's all doesn't it in in pretty much any walk of life. You know, any lots of corporations are run by horrible people. But you know, I, I suppose if if thousands and thousands of people are relying on employment, they're going to swallow it, aren't they? But, but for example, to, to my knowledge, um, I mean, look, I'm going on my knowledge. I I could be totally wrong, but um, Prince Khalid. I've I've got no evidence that he was a a right bastard. Um, I've got no evidence that Sheikh Hamdan was a was a was a right and utter varmint. I, 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 correct me if I'm wrong, but as I said, it's just because of your position in uh, or lofty position in a Gulf state, it doesn't give you the. I think probably of all the brothers, if any of them was going to turn out to be like he has. I think the position that he held initially as a defence minister in like a, a growing state has probably sculpted him to a certain extent. I'm not making excuses. I think he's a shit, you know. Yeah. But whereas the others were a little bit more relaxed as as they came through, you know. I mean, they didn't have the responsibility weighing on them that he did, you know. Um, as I say, it's not an excuse, you, you know. He's, he's probably a product of his circumstance a little bit. Yeah. Two wrongmans, folks. Um, let us know what you think. Uh, you, you know, should 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 racing be more be more tough on the uh, the ruler of Dubai uh, and basically make some kind of sanctions or or punishment? Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure if this was a normal owner or a normal trainer. Or it's a funny thing, mate, isn't it? I mean, they're bringing in affordability checks. They have this thing where you, you class as a fit and proper person to own horses or whatever, you know. And yeah. When, when did he undergo any checks on his background? Well, this is it. I mean, you know, you know for a fact, John, if 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 Sheikh Moore was Johnny Farrelly, mm. right? So Johnny Farrelly's got warned off for life. Uh, I'm not going to go into details on that really, but you know it, it's it's a bit unsavoury, and Johnny Farrell is warned off for life uh, un- indefinitely. So so basically reviewable in I think in seven years or whatever. Um, now 
Shape Mo's probably done worse than Johnny Farrell. I mean, depends on what your class is, you know, whatever. There's lots of different ways of saying something's worse than something else. But certainly, you know, like you say, Shape Mo, no problem. And I think this is where racing suffers and the media obviously frightened to death of challenging it. Uh, I wouldn't be because uh, no one pays me otherwise uh, to stay silent. Anyway, move on. We've got two more topics uh, for the BHA's uh, week of shame. And Jockey Club race courses, race off times. Uh, Stuart Ak- Akista asks, has a flat race ever gone off on time? <laughs> not in the not in the UK to my knowledge. Very, not many. Uh, simple reason I can say, Stuart, is... Is every t- you could have a 15 run handicap and it say if it's off at 340 or these daft new stupid times 337 they'll start loading at 337. Um, you know it's it's quite bonkers. It's as if to say right. I mean I have a rule if if if, if there's a lot of runners you'd start loading at least three or four minutes before off time. Um, you know and make sure no horse has stood there for longer than that ideally. Um, but it's it, it's a tough one. What what do you guys think on the off times? We've had some ridiculously late starts from Jockey Club racecourses this week. Well, best stall handlers in the world, apparently we've got, haven't we? That's what they keep telling us. I mean, I don't know how what objective measure they use to to, to gauge that. But you, you'd think it goes to the, the point again about elite level sport. If you're running elite level sport, you do everything you can to ensure that the product that you're selling goes off at the appointed time. But the fact that it doesn't, everyone's like, well, well, you know, whatever. Who cares? So, I, yeah, I, I, yeah it's just, it's just uh, you know, the whole sport is marbled with incompetence, isn't it? And a kind of a laissez-faire approach, you know. We'll, we'll load these horses when kind of when we can be bothered to do it. Bad. Yeah. John, you, you any thoughts on... On, on sort of like new market going off 15 minutes late, I think, for a race on, on Friday, I think they went off 4.55 instead of 4.40, for not really a bad enough reason. Well, it's maybe come as a bit of a shock to the people that run the old market that they've got a straight course. <laughs> you can't go down the back straight to get to the mile and a quarter start and things like that. Yeah. You know, I mean, this is the level of stupidity and incompetence we're dealing with, in all honesty. I mean, all you have to do is get the jockeys up five minutes earlier, you know, and then if they're tired each other start, find them. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, they're they're already leaving 35-minute gaps in between races, so it's not like you're shoving the 30-minute rule. Um well, two things to me, and this this revolves around a question from Brian Brian O'Corkey, and he said, like, basically, um, why do you get some like three mile jumps races running to the back of like five furlong sprints and things like that? Again. This is where the Irish authorities and British authorities need to come together to plan the race times effectively and the races effectively. I mean, I'm sick to death of the national season in the winter where they run the chasers when it's a low sun. Well, why doesn't the race course work out when the sun's going to be at its lowest point and run the chasers either after that point or before that point? You know, absolute bonkers that then we end up having chasers run where we have to doll off 
half the fences because because obviously uh, Lawson, you know, you, they've not worked that out. It, it's it, so you start with the chasers earlier on in the day, so the stun's its highest point. All this stuff is not rocket science, and 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 I think this this is the annoying thing with them. And you, coming back to you, Chris, what you said about not run as an elite sport. If you have outriders, like like basically when that horse gets loose, it will be caught quickly. It yep. will also keep horses calmer at the start. If you've got two or three outriders at Newmarket, say, and they can easily afford it, it's not a problem. It creates right. jobs in the local community and gives retired racehorses something to do um, and, and, and another job. So, again, solving the problem of, of, of taking them to Swindon and having them shot. Um, yep. You know, so you've got three outriders all of a sudden they they any any unruly horse at the start or whatever that that horse can calm that other horse down um you could you know i've seen it happen in america regularly you know where a horse is starting to lose lose the lose its shit and the outrider comes alongside it all of a sudden calms the horse down and this this is what it's all about the the experience for the punter the safety of all the riders uh the the sport being an enjoyment in terms of getting off on time and it's a very modest expense uh, for each race course who could surely afford this. And I've said it for years. It's a disgrace that we've never had outriders in this country because everyone's sick to death sometimes are waiting for, for a start of a race because the horse has done six laps of wolves before they can catch it. Um, yep. And, and it's, it, it's just so annoying. Everything's run for profit, 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 profit. Skimp away, skimp away. And the, the sports rulers do not give a flying fig. John. Spot on. Can't yeah. Any of that. Ta-da. <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, so we've covered we've covered that nicely with race race times. It's unacceptable. Um it's an entertainment industry. And I'm sure Sky Sports punters would be put off if uh, they're tuning in for Liverpool and Chelsea at four PM on a Sunday and it's going off at four eighteen. Um, anyway, you're going to miss Coronation Street. Absolutely, and that's another yes, yeah, Corey for everyone there. Um, we move on to our final talking point, which was on Thursday evening, I believe. I've lost track of days this week. I'm probably wrong. It's probably Wednesday. <laughs> it could be even Tuesday doing me yeah gin gin nap. Um, but the Kempton photo debacle, where a result was called uh, Julie Camacho's. One, uh, was given the winner, and then lo and behold, ten minutes later, the div- the decision was then reversed to become a dead uh, dead heat. We, I mean, leave me in here, someone. <laughs> yeah, well, because th- this just perfectly illustrates the lengths the slithering, shining bastards will go to, <laughs> to cover their own asses. Um, the BHA said. The amended result showed the systems put in place to prevent incorrect provisional results becoming official was working. A BHA spokesman said an incorrect provisional result was announced. Where the fuck is a provisional result getting announced? (laughs) What is a provisional result? When does the tannoy say... Here is the provisional result of the photo in case the judge is too pissed to have made up whether the winner has actually won or not. We're sending it for another five judges to have a look at it. But for now, this is your provisional result. I mean, it's unbelievable, John. I mean, this is, this is the thing that 
this if this were the first time you you you, you wouldn't be so hard on them but this no, is a regular occurrence this is an asshole grabbing the mic calling the result and then falling back on the fucking wedding announcement as a ass covering nothing more yeah a, a total disgrace jeff banks was one shat one shafted at ascot with something like this which he took them to court and won um and as i said this is the bhs making the i mean it makes you laugh we've we've got technology now that is incredible literally you could you could you could spot an arse there um you know from outer space you know with the technology we've got now it's it's immense i'm sure they could upgrade uh every single lighting on photo finishes you could digitalize i don't know take it away from judges even make it so a computer decides and it's like, and it just, and that's it. And because obviously humans that the, the BHA employ, of <laughs> well, that's that John's obviously covered in the past, are not capable clearly of of, of just making simple choices. Same in stewards' inquiries. You were saying there, Lee, about you could spot an ass there. Well, yeah. the BHA spotted an ass there in the shape of James Stickles and made her a judge, didn't they? <laughs> Uh, the Stickles family, yeah, Chris Stickles, Jane Stickles, good old Jane though, she was the king, um, the queen I should say, she, she might, well in this day and age she might be the king, uh, we don't know, um, but yeah, so I mean, oh, amazing time, what did you make of it uh, Chris, did you, did, did you, it's mad, I mean I, I agree with John, I've, I've never heard a provisional result being called I mean, yeah. that's lunacy. I mean, people start getting paid out on the on, on the judge's announcement, don't they? They don't say, say oh, wait 10 minutes because we're going to get the real result through. It's, it's, yeah. But it happens every, every other week. Without fail, these days, we seem to be getting these, you know, revert, sort of revisions of results, etc. And it shows there's no regard for the punter who funds the sport. No, yeah. no regard at all. It's almost, oh, well, so what? So all Barstow's listeners, and I would presume most of you are punters, um, we're bottom feeders, and this is how we keep getting trekked week in, week out. As Chris rightfully says, a sport that basically is not... It, it is an elite sport, but it's not run like an elite sport, and that's where the BHA... And I've tagged them in it today, so let's hope one of... Well, let's hope Tarquin in yeah, the office is, uh, is yeah. listening to this. Um, and and uh, you'll get some boots-on-the-ground feedback here, so there we go. Um, anything to add, gents, on this lively show? No, I think we've, I think we've covered it all there, really. Yeah, I think I think we've we've handed them their arse. I think this week. Um, right, we've we've enjoyed it. Uh, myself, Chris, John, we've 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 really enjoyed this show. We're back on Friday. It's me, John, Quentin Franks, and Andy Richmond covering uh, the Champions Day meeting uh run on uh, 3.9 going at ascot no thankfully i think we've got some dry weather so we might actually get champions day run on some decent ground if not they might have to run it on the chase track uh, which really upset john one year because he backed heavy ground or santi person then they stuffed it right up in by running it on the chase track john <laughs> yeah thanks for reminding me of that <laughs> Uh, stitched him up like a, it was like a Moraline Mullerithra and uh, it, it was one of the shrewdest moves I've ever made actually yeah. back in that I thought well I'm in here it's going to be chest deep and then they said nah fuck you yeah, we're going on the chest course <laughs> <laughs> uh, and uh, John's never had much luck things like that um, 
Right, that's all from us. Have a cracking end to your weekend and uh, don't don't lose too much money this week. And we'll see you again on Friday. Bye for now. <laughs>